Uh, good morning and welcome to worship at Rehoboth Reformed Church. I know that we're not on site, we're virtual again due to um, circumstances outside our control, but we want to welcome everybody who's gathered together this morning and is worshiping with us online. It's a joy and a blessing to have you with us this morning as we gather together for worship and trust and hope that it'll be a time when you experience God's presence, even if it's in the comfort of your own home, in a, in a profound and a meaningful way. As we begin this time of worship, um, not unlike we do on site, we have some announcements for you. And the first thing that we want to cover is that um, events that are, are scheduled for later on today, the four o'clock um, prayer gathering has been canceled. So we'd like you to duly note that as well. All of our uh, youth ministry events, our middle school and our high school um, that were scheduled tonight also are canceled. We do have um, a Thanksgiving food distribution. We won't be doing that the week of, but the week before. We're asking for special donations, um, specifically of toilet paper and dish soap. And if you can drop those off by Thursday, November 19th at 12 o'clock, we deeply appreciate it. We're uh, reaching out to our community that way, and we're excited about it. Also, there'll be a canned food drive November 15th at 6 o'clock. And the youth group is in charge of that. They're doing a bang-up job, going to help out with... Um, putting together canned uh, food goods for people in our community. If you'd like those items to be picked up, just let Jason know and he'll work it out. So that would be great. Um, also, the high school retreat is still at this point scheduled to be um, taking place as planned. You can sign up to donate snacks in the fellowship hall, or if you're not going to be able to be here, you can go ahead and call or email Jason and let him know as well what it is that you're able to donate. And uh, we deeply appreciate that. Um, as far as uh, upcoming worship and um, events that are that are scheduled and in our, our, our calendar, uh, worship is going to be a week-to-week -week decision. And the events, any event that's going to be held here at Rehoboth um, will be <clears throat> the responsibility of the leaders to, to make that call. So um, whether or not that will happen will be up to them. And so if you're a part of an event that's coming up, or something that you're planning on doing, you just keep your eyes and ears open and leaders will be in contact with you as to whether or not those events will be taking place. Um, we'd like to put an advanced plug out there for Thanksgiving Eve worship. Um, we're still planning on that on the 25th. We'll have dinner preceding it from 5.30 to 6.30, so we hope that you're able to, to join us for that. Um, lots of exciting things then. God is still at work, even though we've had to make some adjustments and some changes. And uh, we, we serve an, an incredible and an amazing God. And I hope that's not lessened at all this morning as we, as we gather um, purely in a, in a virtual sense. Uh, we, we serve an amazing God. And in Psalm 8, um, the question is raised, um, who is it that you care for me, O God? That's what David shares, the son of man that you care for him. Uh, and the answer is that he's truly just a, a powerful and amazing God. And I'd like to ask you to open up your heart and, and worship and, and kind of ask that question as you hear these um, the words of this song and, and just sing along with it and hear them speak to you. Uh, join us as we, as we open up our worship with a praise song entitled, Who You Are to Me by Chris Tomlin. Some words on a page that show nothing more than fables handed down along the way. 
But I've seen you part the waters Where no one else could pull me from The deep, that's who you are to me Some people think you just live In cathedrals made of stone But I know you live inside my heart I know that it's your home And I've seen you in a sunset And in the eyes of a stranger on the street That's who you are to me You're amazing, faithful, love's open door When I'm empty, you fill me with hunger for more Of your mercy, your goodness, Lord, you're the air that I breathe That's who you are to me Who you are to me Sometimes I have my doubts, I'm sure that everybody does And I wonder when I stumble, am I still worthy of your love? But I know that I get stronger when I'm talking to you down on my knees You're everything I need You're amazing, faithful, love's open door When I'm empty, you fill me with hunger truly hope that that's who God indeed is to you. You know, we've been through uh, an awful lot in 2020. And uh, it just isn't seeming to let up. Satan's really waging war on us. And there's been a lot of storms. Um, people deal with uh, COVID and um, just the things that we've dealt with in our country. And that really led me to... Um, 
to this next song. It's a song by Cass and Crown. It's an older one, but it's a, it's a tremendous one. And uh, before we go into prayer, I, I hope that this is true as well for you because we, who God is to us, I hope he is a God that is amazing, majestic, powerful, and yet a God, despite all of the things that are happening, that you continue to praise from the deepest part of your heart. So open up your heart to the words of this song, Casting Crowns, I'll Praise You in This Storm.
Well, I, I indeed hope that that's true for you, and uh, I know that's where, where I'm at. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just feel like there's been a tremendous amount of storms lately. Um, yet God is so good, isn't he? And uh, that song prior to that with um, Chris Tomlin, um, I just hope that that's who God is to, to you this morning. And I'd like to ask you to... Um, Think about who it is that he, that he truly is and the blessings he provides, even when times are tough, as we open up our hearts to prayer. I want to ask you to be in prayer as well. Um, there's a lot of different things. You can check um, our, our website and our bulletin, too, for different prayer requests. I'd like to ask you to be in prayer for the McLean family, specifically Molly, who had um, uh, emergency um, surgery because of her appendix. We continue in prayer for her as she continues to recover um, also for Mary Jo Blackmer as well as she recovers from surgery and for Barb Scolton who has surgery coming up this week. So a lot of other needs, but um, be in prayer for those folks and for others that you know and certainly for um, the current um, uprising, if you will, number of cases of COVID in, in our particular area. Um, one of the reasons why we're worshiping off-site this week. Would you just open up your hearts to the great Lord, our God, and pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning in the comfort of our own homes, not together physically, but together spiritually. And we give you praise for who you are, who you are to us personally. And Lord, I, 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 as I pray and I think about what that means, I, I hope it's so full for everybody. I hope they understand just who you desire to be to them. A great and incredible God that, that desires to come alongside and walk with them each and every day. That that's who you are. We just need to open up our hearts to that and let you. Lord, you don't force us to, to love you, to be with you, but that's who you are. You're an amazing God. And you desire to pour out your grace and your presence. Fill us with, with the Holy Spirit. Lord, to empower, to equip, to lead, and to guide. Lord, no matter when times are, are, are good or if they're bad. And so, Lord, I just pray that we would open up our hearts to you, to let you be all that you desire to be to each one of us in profound and wonderful ways. Lord, that we would see you and be in awe of you, not just in terms of when you do these wonderful things that were just to have, have our breath taken away, when we see you at work in the hearts and the lives of people, when needs are met, and you've done that so much, so, so profoundly during this past year, in our hearts and in our lives, individually and together as a body of Jesus Christ. Lord, as storms continue to, to rise up and be, Lord, whether it's our nation, all of the things that we're going through, now even with the election and all of the things that we're, we're dealing with there, Lord, that we would recognize that you are sovereign, that you are Lord. And that regardless of how bad we as people sometimes can mess things up and we can get in the way of your plans, oh Lord, we ask that you'd help us to pause, to pray, to cry out, to lift up to you, to seek your intervention, to call on your name, just simply to be to acknowledge that you are the one that's in control and you are the one, oh God, that, that can work through any problem, any situation. 
Lord, that we wouldn't be, be numb to, to what's going on or that we wouldn't get apathetic or, or feel hopeless. But, Lord, instead, we'd be empowered by your presence. We'd be filled with joy and with hope because we know who it is that you are who it is that you proclaim that you are in your word, and who it is as we continue to just strive to to be with you and be filled with your presence and experience you, O God, that you reveal from day to day, from moment to moment in our hearts and in our lives. We give you praise. Lord, we pray for people that are part of the body of Jesus Christ that are experiencing difficult times personally. We think of Molly and we think of her family. We just pray, O Lord, that you continue to bring healing to her, whole and complete. For Mary Jo Blackmere, the same, O Lord. Put your hand of blessing upon her. For Barb, as she prepares for surgery. And, O Lord, uh, many people that we know, a part of this body of Jesus Christ, and in our communities, family members and friends that are dealing with the impact of COVID-19. Lord, we we pray that um, even though there's going to be symptoms and there's going to be problems and sickness and illness, Oh, Lord, we ask for your hand of mercy upon them, that it wouldn't be um, traumatic, there wouldn't be hospitalizations, there wouldn't be any kind of devastating results, and we entrust that to your care. And we call on that in the name of Jesus. We praise you for the fact that we can be together this morning spiritually. Lord, maybe not physically, but spiritually. Knit together in the heart, in the presence of Jesus. And so as we worship you and as we pray right now, we just give you thanks for being an incredible God, a God who loves us, a God who cares for us, a God who will see us through each and every moment, just like this one. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you for being the Lord that you are and for the goodness that you desire to pour out into our hearts and our lives as we just simply take each step of each day Believing, trusting, seeking, pursuing all that you are in our hearts and in our lives. At school, at work, at play, in our homes, with our families, with our friends, might it be. Might we recognize the fullness of who you are and turn you loose in our lives. In your holy, in your precious, in your awesome name, we pray these things and lay them at your feet this morning. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I think I probably could have prayed for about an hour. Um, There's so many thoughts and so many things that are in my heart this morning. But again, I just am thankful that you're joining together with us for worship. And we're continuing a, a series um, that has a, a simple title to it, giving common questions and common answers. And that really speaks about what the series is all about. Just that we would be able to, to take time and look at questions that people have about giving, um, very common ones, and then the, the simple answers that God gives, honest answers from His Word and from His truth, to not only answer those questions, but to clear up any kind of um, perceptions about them and there are a lot of perceptions about giving that are out there both in the church and outside of the church um, and we, we just want to try to address those we spent uh, the first week answering the question of why give why give and um, you know there, there's a lot of perceptions about that about why should we give to a god who who has everything etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, 
But we, we looked at the truth of Matthew six nineteen to 24. And the reason is because Jesus is the greatest treasure you'll ever have. And he's the only lasting and forever treasure that you'll have. You know, we give in our hearts and our lives to a lot of things that we value. And we give a lot to them. We give a lot of resources financially. We give a lot of time and effort. We give a lot of ourselves to things that we really value. And so God, in, in sharing that truth in Matthew 6, verses 19 to 24, simply is reminding us or sharing with us that he is our greatest treasure, whether we treat him like it or not. That's the truth. That's the reality. And that's why it is that we would give anything to the great Lord our God, whether it's our time or, or what it is that we're doing with our resources. Then last week, we looked at the question, um, how much does God tell us to give? And that's probably the most common question that I get asked personally. You know, people for some reason want to know, and I think really it's a, it's a genuine um, desire to know. Uh, I, I think, though, sometimes it's asked in uh, the hope that it's not the 10% that, that we read about in Scripture. And by the way, that's shared by God just to help the Israelites and us determine what was a reasonable starting point. But the reality is it's not a percentage or amount. God tells us to give from the heart, willingly out of faith and gratitude. That was the truth that we looked at in 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 to 8. And verse 7 um, states it very simply. Um, Each person should decide to give in their heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. See, it's a really simple thing for God. It's not about amounts and percentages. And so really the question should be not necessarily how much does God tell us to give, but how does God tell us to uh, give? And, and it's really, again, just a simple response. You know, I kind of had a little bit of a, a, a playful jab um, at, the, at the IRS um, and, and had that as part of the slide last week. And I'm going to show it again because it was a joke. <laughs> I don't know if people, if you saw this and you were thinking, holy cow, the IRS is telling us what to give. They're not. Um, I, I just thought that, you know, when you look at that up on the screen and all of the different things, you know, enter your gross income, multiply it by line in line two by 0.05%, you know, then multiply this by 0.35, enter, add the lines. You know, that's kind of how we have to do our taxes, right? All these things that get a little bit complicated. And that was just to prove a point, you know, um, we can make things really complicated, um, but God makes it simple when it comes to giving. And so it was just a a, a joke. I hope you caught that. Um, Just to say, you know, God doesn't have any kind of complicated worksheet for us. He just tells us to give from the heart. And really there's two things that dictate our giving from the heart, right? We just have to be honest about that. The first is our faith. You know, do we really believe that God is who he says he is? And when he says he will, he promises us, when he says he's going to meet our needs and care for us, he's going to provide for us, do we believe that or not? That comes into dictating in terms of, of giving and how it is that you go about it, the process that you have. And also, um, do we really, in the sense of, of have God as our treasure, and are we grateful for his grace? That's a truth and a reality as well. Those two things are, are at work in our heart, our, our gratitude and the faith that we have. Those all play into the question of, of 
giving from the heart. And that's all that God desires. Well, today we're going to move on to another question. Um, And the question is, where does our giving um, go? And this is a question that a lot of people who are part of a church ask and some people who who, um, aren't. I think they have a lot of perceptions about this. And there's a lot of ways that that gets answered um, in the public forum. I think of TV, televangelists, and there's a lot of questions that people have about where does giving go? And some leaders might actually um, chafe at that question. You know, they, they might um, struggle with it and feel like it's a question that they, they don't need to answer. I would not be one of them. I think it's highly important that not only we ask the question, but we provide an honest answer about it. And at, at RRC, at Rehoboth, um, we're pretty transparent about that. We have a budget that is uh, spelled out very clearly. Everybody has access to that. And you can breathe a sigh of relief at this point in time because I'm not going to go through it line item by line item. Um, not going to, to go there and do that, but to look really at what it represents. And I think that's really, really important. And we're going to look at truth in just a second out of Acts 2 about it. But um, what's represented in that budget, you see, the b- budget is simply there to represent all the opportunities that we see coming up in the, the, in the upcoming year. There are opportunities to minister, there are opportunities to do things, and they represent then the resources needed to be able to do that, to be able to go where God wants us to go, to be able to do what God wants us to do. And it's all tied into one thing, and that one thing is called purpose, the reason that we exist, why it is that we're, we're a body of Jesus Christ, you know, we have that um, clearly defined in, in a sentence here at Rehoboth, winning people for Christ, equipping them to serve. So all of the things that, that are encompassed in that, all of the opportunities, all of the ministry, all of, of what it is that we do, who it is that we are, all centers and flows out of that purpose. And Acts um, Four thirty-two to 35 reveals truth about purpose and, and what happens. There's a couple of really um, profound realities when that is a, a body of Jesus Christ's purpose in terms of, of what happens and what takes place. So I'd like to read that for you at this time, Acts 4, verses 32 to 35, and ask you to open up your hearts to have God speak to you as you hear these words. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them, for from time to time those who owned lands or houses sold them brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone as they had need. Joseph Levi, um, that's going on. That's the end of the passage. Um, It's a profound um, passage about what it is that happens when giving is given for the right reason and is 
purposeful, when it's going to where it should go. And there's a couple of things that this passage speaks about in terms of of what takes place and what happens. And I just want to spend a couple of minutes and, and share truth about them. First is shared in verse 32. It says this, the first line that we read, first phrase in the text, all the believers were one in heart and mind. Stop just a second and think about that. Think about how awesome, think about how incredible that is and how that takes place. See, living with purpose creates united hearts and united minds. You know, I would submit to you that any group that you've ever been a part of, a team, an organization, that if there was a unity of purpose, that if there was one purpose and that was very clear, and that's what that group or that team or that organization existed for, that people got behind that, and the more that that was clear and the more that that then began to play out, that people worked towards that, they they demonstrated that that's what was in their hearts, there was unity Unity of heart and mind. And that's exactly what's taking place in, in this Acts 4 and, and with the early church. You know, I want to remind you, too, because sometimes we think, you know, that everything was going so well. And if you read the passage in Acts 2, but think about the backdrop. And this is why I wanted you to pause a minute and think about this. All the believers were one in heart and mind. They were living in a turbulent time. That sound familiar? You know, there was a lot of unrest. This is not too terribly far removed from Jesus having been crucified. And you can look even in chapter 4, in verses 18 and down to 21, you know, the leaders of the church, the apostles, were still undergoing all kinds of chastisement and threats. They were being threatened all of the time because they were proclaiming Jesus. That happens again in in chapter 5. And they were put in jail and they were flogged. It's just incredible. They were living in turbulent times, times when and speaking about Jesus Christ wasn't incredibly popular. Speaking about truth, being honest about things. You know, the government officials and the religious leaders of the day didn't take too kindly to that. And they they threatened them repeatedly, told them to be silent. No more. So if you, you think that would shut things down or cause people to be a little bit cautious or maybe not have that, that unity of spirit, it certainly could have, but that's not the case. You know, we have that going on today, right? There's a lot of things that are being said. See, this is a constant age-old ploy of Satan. And, he, and he'll raise up all kinds of people, all kinds of situations, all kinds of opportunities to disrupt unity, to disrupt purpose. He, he did it then and he's doing it now. And he'll try to to raise up uh, cultural norms and beliefs that are contrary to God's word and truth and make them appear to be truth, even though they're not fixed or focused on God or Jesus. But instead, usually are are, are uh, rooted in um, self-elevation and selfishness. They're self-serving. And that's exactly the attraction to them. You know, we love it when there's things that are about us, so to speak, and that when, when the world revolves around us, except that's not the way that it is. And that's what they were living with too. A lot of disruptions, a lot of deceit, a lot of falseness, but they're not divided. 
In fact, um, they grow more and more united. Why is that true? Because they had a singular purpose and they understood what it was. That's what drove them. That's what they strived for. That's who they were. And I think about that in, in our time right now and I think about unity and, and how that needs to be in the church as we continue to, to go through difficult times. It's what should be, right? And I would submit to you at this particular time, it's what people are looking to the church for. And it's what people in the world are craving, unity. To have one heart and one mind. To move forward together through the struggles that we face in this world and in life. That's the way it should be. And that's what was happening in this church. All the believers were in one heart and in one mind. Just just a profound and an incredible reality and truth. Where, where is it that they were getting this unity from? Well, shouldn't come as, as any surprise to anybody. And certainly, if you're listening to this worship service, I, I hope that that's true for you. It came from Jesus. It came from being knit together in His Spirit, one Spirit, in one heart and one mind, one purpose for which the church lives for and exists for the purpose which he himself jesus christ that is lived and died for that god sent him to be on the face of the earth for that's what the purpose of jesus christ does it creates unity of heart and mind a a powerful truth and a powerful reality that was one of the things that was at work, and it just is simply profound. And I think about what that looks like and how I experience that as a pastor and as a follower of Jesus Christ. And it's incredible. It's incredible. And, and that starts to play out in, in terms of how we function and how it is that we, that we give, that we give of ourselves and our finances and our resources. So, so related to that, and this is what else is happening, something profound in that area in this passage. And you start reading again in, in verse 32, and you see, <clears throat> excuse me, how that comes into play. It says, no one claimed any of the possessions as his own, but they shared everything that they had. I, I want you to think about that as well. See, this purpose, this unity that was driven by purpose created a heart set that met all needs. Now, now soak that up for a minute. So, so first, I, I want you to be thinking about how, how purpose creates unity of heart and mind. That's true, and that's what happens, and that's what was going on. But it also creates a heart set then that meets all needs. Can you imagine what that looks like? I think so. And when we start thinking about the meeting of needs, we have things that instantly come to our mind. And I'm sure as you're thinking about it, one of the first things that comes to your mind has to do with the meeting of physical needs. So you see people, when when you think about what this is saying, um, 
in terms of the meeting of needs, and you, you go on down there in verses 34 and 35, no needy persons among them. <clears throat> Things were being sold and put at the apostles' feet, verse 35, as anyone had need. And you're thinking about people getting fed that were hungry. You're thinking about people getting clothes that needed them, people getting shelter. All true. Basic real needs, physical needs. All of that was happening. Anybody who had a need, they were having those needs be met. Absolutely. It's a profound and a beautiful picture. Things that you can envision, things that you can think of, all were happening. But I want to tell you this. Anytime you're talking about Jesus Christ and anytime you're talking about the meeting of needs, it goes way beyond the basic needs and the physical needs that we have as people. I don't know if you're familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You move from there in terms of basic and physical needs into emotional and psychological needs. Those needs were being met too. Think about it. So if you were having all of your physical needs met, what does that do to you emotionally and mentally? It, it meets those needs as well. People are understanding that they were being cared for, that they were being loved, that they were being welcomed with open arms. The wellness of people and the well-being of people were being addressed. And that goes way beyond the physical needs. That's what was happening as well. Profound and wonderful things emotionally and mentally happening in these people's lives as the body of Jesus Christ with one heart and one mind followed the words of Jesus Christ in terms of who it is that they needed to be in a lost and a hurting world so loved by God. And that's what happens. That's what takes place. Purpose does that. The purpose of Jesus. It created a heart set. And not only the the physical and, and the basic needs, not only the emotional and mental needs, but shoots all the way up to the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which he um, titled self-actualization. From a biblical perspective, it's just to recognize who it is that you are in Jesus Christ. Self-actualization. You recognize why it is that you were born. Why it is that you were given the breath of life. Why it is that you were placed on this life. Why it is that you were created the way that you were. Why it is that you were, you were given grace. I hope that's true, that you've accepted Jesus Christ in your heart and into your life. Why it is that you were redeemed, the plans that God has for you, the gifts that he's given to you, the way that he's called you to be, to walk with him, to know him, self-actualization, that you, that you begin to get transformed by the very presence of God inside your heart and in your life. That's what was happening. People were discovering their self-worth, their reason for living. They were being transformed. They were growing in all that they were meant to be. See, this is such a deep and profound reality when there's that kind of of heart set and when there's that sense of purpose of Jesus Christ, those needs were being met. That's what was taking place in this passage. You can fill in the words See, the environment that, that's taking place was a greenhouse for all things good and godly. A heart set that met every single need. Incredibly, incredibly generous hearts. 
And I think about that when I read what was happening. People selling lands and houses. I've never been a part of a church that has done that. People have been incredibly generous. And I would say that's true of, of, of Rehoboth. I just praise the Lord for that. And yet to the level that, that we're seeing here in this passage, it's just profound. And the reason is, is very simple and very clear. The, the purposes of God were being followed. That was the catalyst. And it was producing a result that was amazing in the hearts of people and the lives and how that played out and what was taking place day in and day out. It just is profound. And, and I would, would point you, so this, this purpose... To, to verse 33, it just shares it really clearly there. With great power, I love that, more on that in a second. The apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. There it is. That's the purpose. The purpose of Christ proclaimed and lived. The resurrection of Jesus, that God, God came, he died, he rose again to give life. And give life to all who would accept them as their Savior and as their Lord. They were proclaiming that purpose. That's who they were being. They, they were living that out in truth and in obedience. And because of it, we read, much grace was upon them all. God was pouring it out because of who it is that they were being and what it is that they were believing and living. And I love that verse for a lot of different reasons. One, as a spiritual leader, it aspires me to who it is that I need to be. You read that with great power, the apostles continue to testify to the resurrection of, of, of Jesus Christ. See, it starts with leadership. You know, we just went through a season of time in, in our church where we identified, nominated spiritual leaders. You know, and that's one of my prayers always, always is that hearts in lives are right with God. That's how you lead spiritually. <laughs> That's who you're being. So, so you're sending a message by way of example and word and deed about who it is that you really are. And so that's my prayer always for our spiritual leaders, that they simply be, that they demonstrate and they lead spiritually by the life that they live and the person that they are. And they do it with power. See, not, not just a, a, a kind of a guesswork there. Is that who they are? Is that what they believe in? Is that true of them? No, but they do that with power. I think of boldness. I think of being it really clear in their hearts and in their lives who it is that they are. And that's what was happening. And that's contagious. And it spills out and pours into the hearts of, of everybody when things like that are happening. And people are leading that way. People, because it is a, a purpose that is real and true and powerful and grace starts to get poured out, um, it's, it's followed. And that, that's who it is that churches and bodies of Jesus Christ are and become. Wouldn't that be great if that was true in our country and in our nation? That if all of our leaders were filled with the purposes of God? <sighs> Keep praying. It's a profound thing to see and experience at whatever level. And that's what was happening. All wrapped in, all tied to purpose. 
because they were being people of purpose, from their leaders to the to, to every single person who was a part of it, God was honoring and blessing their hearts. He was pouring out grace, and it was a profound thing to be a part of. And yes, back to the question of where does our giving go? It, it, it was tied to giving. It impacted giving. The fulfillment of purpose does that. It impacts giving. And at, at Rehoboth, again, our purpose is to win people for Christ and equip them to serve. You know, we're striving more and more to grasp what that should look like and who it is that we should be. Trying to give our hearts to that in terms of being who we really need to be in Him and who He's created, redeemed, gifted, and called us to be. We're envisioning it. We're striving to put it into practice. Trying to do hundreds and hundreds of things, literally, in ministry. All of those things that are represented in our budget, again, all for one purpose. The meeting of many, many needs for the meeting of one singular need. And that is that people would know who Jesus Christ is and that they would have um, all that he is and all that he desires to be in their heart and their life come alive. Come alive and that that would be. Well, that's how we've looked at things that's what it is that I hope we look at more and more because it's, it's what we should be doing. You know, the question of what it is that we do and what it is that we need resources for are, are all rooted in, centered in, flow out of the essence of our purpose. And we've been very intentional about that. Looked at, at what it is that our needs are, the things that God is calling us to do. We have a vision about it a vision plan, all rooted in purpose, the things that God would desire us to to do and and who it is he would desire us to be, the needs that he would want us to meet, all flowing out of purpose. And so when when offering and tithes and gifts come in, that's what it goes for, plain and simple. And and if there is anything that anybody would ever discover at any point in time that where that wasn't true, that ought to be eliminated. It's that simple. You know, if there's anything that we would do as a body of Jesus Christ that's not purpose-driven, we shouldn't be doing it. Everything that we do should be because we want to win people for Christ and we want to equip them to serve. And that's where everything that, that comes into this place in terms of a gift, again, whether it's a, a financial gift or it's a, a gift of time or of service, should all be to that end. And I trust, hope, and believe that that's true. We're striving to be people who testify to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we're doing it with great power. That, that, that's my hope. And that that just continues to grow. Because indeed, um, if we do and that's happening, great things will follow. And God honors that. And God pours out the grace. We see it right in this passage. And there's so many other different places where that's true. 
if we just walk with a faith and belief and a heart that just seeks to demonstrate and be who it is that we're supposed to be in Jesus Christ, incredible, incredible things happen. And that's what I want to challenge the body of Jesus Christ with this morning. To think about it. Think about who it is that we're being. Um, what, what's our purpose in the living of life, both as individual followers of Jesus Christ and then together? And to look at that and to think about it. And I hope and trust that as you do that as a part of the body of Jesus Christ at Rehoboth, that you'll understand and know that that's true. That that we're living with purpose and that we're striving to be. And that purpose is simple. To proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. To win people for him and equip them to serve. I believe that that's true. And as your pastor, that's something that I give to you as a promise. That's something that I live for. It's something that is a part of who I am. And I'll try to do my very best to make sure that everything that we do here is rooted in that one purpose. That we win people for Christ and we equip them to serve. That's the only thing that matters. It kind of goes full circle right back to Jesus being our great and only and everlasting treasure. And that with our heart, we're going to give him everything that we can because we know it's the only thing that matters. And we're going to step forward with faith and with gratitude. That's where what it is that we give goes towards. It's a beautiful thing, and God makes um, the gifts that we bring and we lay at his feet. He turns them into incredible things. And you just see that in this passage. I challenge you just to read it and think about it and go through it again. Amazing truth of what was happening in that passage, and there are amazing things that are happening in the body of Jesus Christ called Rehoboth Reformed Church. New stories that are, are being written each and every day as people give out of their generosity in all different kinds of ways. Again, hundreds of things for one purpose and for one need. And I hope we continue to do so with every fiber of my being that we do so with the God-sized faith and deeply grateful hearts that he'll continue to pour out the richest blessings of his grace on us as we, united in heart and mind, just strive to fulfill the purpose for which we exist and that we would be people of purpose. Will you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and truth. We thank you that you give us the privilege of serving you, of being your people. That you, God, have given us a purpose. And that purpose is profound. And it's transformational. It impacts people's lives as they live and breathe. And for all of time, it impacts the landscape of, of heaven for all, all of eternity. What a thing to think about. And so, God, consume us, fill us to overflowing with that sense of purpose. 
Lord, continue to, to unite our hearts together in you, our hearts and our minds, that we just strive to, to be who it is that you created, redeemed, gifted, and called us to be for that one singular purpose. And that everything that is a part of who we are, all of the things that are given, all of the things that we do, all of the things that we exist for are for that one reason. And that we do it with boldness and we do it with power, with the power of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit living in us. Equip us to that end. We ask it all in your holy and your precious and in your awesome and incredible name. Amen. Well, I hope that that's what's at work in you today, that you're living with purpose and that you're letting God reign in you. You Just continue to think about that as you listen to the words of the song before we um, close out with a benediction, the words of the song, reign in me.
Uh, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, thank you so much for taking the time to worship with us this morning, uh, to worship together, united in spirit, united in heart, united in mind, um, and for uh, living your life as a follower of Jesus Christ and letting him reign in you. you know, we have opportunities to, to give as a part of the body of Jesus Christ. Obviously, um, we're not gathered on site to be able to do that, but you have that privilege and opportunity. You can do that by mail. Um, you can drop off any type of uh, gift that you like this, this week um, at the church as well. I'd like to ask you if you just um, stand right where you're at, maybe, is that possible? I think so. And just receive God's blessing. Now may the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the power and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be given to you so that you would go and you'd let him reign in you and you'd live with purpose and you'd know that all it is that you desire to be, all of the gifts that you bring to him and lay at his feet are for that one purpose, to proclaim Jesus Christ, to win people for Christ and equip them to serve and in so doing bring them honor and glory now and forevermore. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, you have an incredible week serving God. We look forward to joining together with you again in worship next week, whether it's on-site or virtually. Have a great week.